0: If you could take care, if you were a quartermaster. You can sure and help take care of running a you know department store, uh, you know, where in the second floor of the ladies' department. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, yes. If you're a quartermaster. You'd probably run a department store on the second floor in the ladies' department. How does he know the ladies' departments on the second floor? This might explain a lot. That's Lunchbucket Joe. He's the President of the United States. You know, his family, they are business geniuses. That's the thing about them. They're just really good at business. Pay no attention to any of the allegations about about wrongdoing. Never mind that the Treasury Department refuses to hand over more than 150 suspicious activity reports to the Congress. Why, why, would the, why would the Treasury Department hand over more than 150 suspicious activity reports to Congress? Why would that be important? Oh, well, the branches of government and oversight and things like that. Well, forget about that. Don't you know who's in charge? The Democrats. That's who. And, and the media. But I repeat myself amazing stuff. Yeah, so we've got uh, we've got that and and there's uh, there's more news on this today. Uh, remarkably, the uh, Biden family's business business uh, do you prefer acumen or acumen? Acumen. Some prefer acumen to acumen. It's like accuse, a c c, accuse, acumen a c c u. Uh, acumen or accuse. So many uh, you know the more common pronunciation is uh, acumen. But some say it should be a cumin. Uh, But never mind that. They're very talented business people. And forget about the Trump family and all their business dealings all over the world and all those tall buildings with their names on them and things like that. But no, that's uh, that's not what we're talking about. Now, there is a new story out today from the uh, by the way, uh, uh, happy Wednesday to you and welcome. We are of course at 888-630-9625, and we've been talking about you know all the transgender stuff and the. Now you can check non-binary on your Virginia driver's license when you go to get your or, or your photo ID if you're not capable of driving. Uh, you can check non binary male, female, uh, not sure. It should really say not sure. Don't you think? That's what non-binary means. If you look up non-binary non-binary in the in the uh, dictionary. Uh, it says not sure, not really uh, <laughs> not sure, completely unclear on uh, these uh, not very important matters. What uh, your gender is, so the uh, and thousands, thousands and thousands in Virginia have have asked for non-binary. Um, and I want to know what the police do. What are the police supposed to do when they arrest you and your driver's license says you're non-binary? Which whose um do they toss you into? Which uh, which one into which whose gow do you go? That's an important question, I think. And now I learned, talking to a police officer friend of mine, my friend police officer Paul, who, uh, who let me know that uh, he recently purchased a firearm, and they asked him when he was purchasing the firearm on the firearm purchase form. They have forms for this sort of thing, you know. And they've got numbers and stuff. It's, it's form 4473. And they ask you, are you male, female, or non-binary? Because the Democrat Party is completely insane. And then of course a uh, group of sorority sisters and it's the University of Wyoming uh, of Wyoming rather the University of Wyoming uh, Kappa Kappa Gamma at Sorority House and there're only seven women because it's the University of Wyoming and it's Kappa Kappa Gamma so there are seven women that are members of the Kappa Kappa Gamma uh, sorority at the University of Wyoming and they live as you might imagine in a sorority house and they were compelled to take a dude who goes by the name Artemis Langford, 21 years old, 6'2", 2, 260 pounds, uh, doesn't really look anything like a lady. And uh, now the seven women in the uh, Kappa Kappa Gamma house, these sorority sisters, they're suing the University of Wyoming. They say that um, now they've broken their silence because they've had enough. They say, they're quoting now, they live in constant fear in our home, live in constant fear. And they describe the hulking student, who is biological male and has biological parts, uh, biological male parts. The hulking student has become physically aroused around them. Now, this is what the Democrat Party is doing to sororities on college campuses in Wyoming. You can only imagine what's going on in Manhattan I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx and Staten Island too. I uh, I got to I got to tell you. Some girls live in constant fear in their home and our home is supposed to be a safe space. One young woman said, they're afraid to give their names. It seriously it is seriously an open female space. It is so different than living in the dorms, for instance, where men and women can can co-mingle on the floors. That's not the case at a sorority house. We share just a couple of main bathrooms and the upstairs floor. And uh, here's a picture of them, and they look like they're fun. Then there's this big old dude who looks like he's, you know, this is the picture that comes out after he's been arrested. You see the picture? Yeah, the the crouching behind them. Oh, Now, look, you can do whatever you want. Uh, Dude, except, uh, you know, live in a sorority house and and all that. And he's uh, 21 years old, a college sorority girl, six foot two and 260 pounds. And the entire Democrat Party applauds this and they say, that's real good. Isn't that good? They're in favor of that. And the women live in terror because of the Democrat Party and the six foot two, 260 pound biological male, walks around fully engorged in the sorority house, and the Democrat Party tells the sorority girls to sit down and shut up. That should be the Democrat Party slogan, don't you think? You know, uh, the... Uh, <laughs> for the 2024 campaign, whoever it is, maybe it'll be Hillary. Uh, sit down and shut up should be the Democrat Party slogan. mm 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 Yep. Another student, a female student, a biological uh, female student, said the situation is particularly distressing because some of her sisters have been sexually assaulted or sexually harassed and want to feel safe inside their sorority house. Well, the Democrat Party's message is sit down and shut up. You'll get nothing and like it. <laughs> so, uh, Judge Smales just uh, dropped in there. So, some girls live in constant fear. And uh, that's uh, that's this is what your Democrat Party is doing. The lawsuit that they have filed alleges that uh, Langford, the biological male, stared at the women with uh, without talking for hours. He sits there, 260 pounds, and uh, gorged on the couch in the sorority house, staring at them for hours without talking. And if you looked at the 260 pound, six foot two biological male. Mm-mm-mm. One sorority member walked down the hall to take a shower wearing only a towel. That's like, you know, the sorority house and animal house, right? Did they have a pillow fight? Was there a pillow fight? She felt an unsettling presence and turned and saw Mr. Smith, that's the pseudonym, the pseudonym uh, watching her silently. <laughs> <laughs> then he makes those Peter Lorre noises. And all this is okay. This is because the Democrat Party. In another disturbing incident, the lawsuit alleges that Langford, uh, the same person, has become physically aroused. Mr. Smith, his other name, was watching members entering the sorority house, had an erection visible through his leggings. He's wearing leggings because he's a lady, you see. Other times, he has had a pillow in his lap. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, Craven told Kelly that there has been an exemption granted for him for his safety, but not for these young women. That individual still comes to the house, still engages in uh, dinner, still sits in the chair, and watches the girls. And uh, the Democrat Party's mes- message is, sit down and shut up. What about this person is isn't a lady? Well, his penis. (laughs) Her penis, you f***ing bigot. It's so obvious, it's so biologically fundamental to the core, and we can't allow, well, culture to be the arbiter of what sisterhood is. It's a shared experience, and it's uh, growth and development and experiences is not uh, doing this individual any justice whatsoever. So that's where I think the left gets it wrong, the attorney said. This is the uh, University of Wyoming, Kappa Kappa Gamma. They also allege in the lawsuit that the sorority ignored bylaws, that the university does. The sorority ignored bylaws, official bylaws, which um, uh, uh, inducting Langford, the six foot two, two hundred and sixty pound transgender person, uh, and instead referred to a two thousand eighteen guide for supporting our LGBTQIA plus members that says Kappa Kappa Gamma is a single gender organization. Well, but you see, he says he's a lady, and that's all it takes. You put on lipstick and you say. I use she, her pronouns, and now, boom, good is done. That's it, okay? By the way, there was a transgender massacre. Uh, that is to say, a massacre perpetrated by a non-binary transgender uh, Democrat at the Covenant School, you may remember, in Kentucky. Covenant School files motion. This is kind of peculiar. Uh, breaking news last night. Covenant School files motion to block release of trans shooter Audrey Hale's manifesto. The school argues that the release of the information could potentially endanger the security and safety of the school, its staff, and students. More fear and terror. The Covenant School, a Nashville Christian Academy that was the site of a brutal mass shooting, a massacre, by a transgender killer that killed three children and three adults, has filed a court motion seeking to Intervene in lawsuits demanding the public release of Audrey Hale's manifesto. This, you know, everything just gets weirder and weirder. The National Police Association and Tennessee Firearms Association have separately filed suits against the city with the objective of having the manifesto released. The transgender person had a manifesto, went there and murdered all these people. And uh, the police and the FBI and the Biden administration and, and the state have refused to release it. Um, and now the school has jumped in, and they're like, you know what? We've had just about enough of this. We don't need another bounce in the media, I guess. So why don't we just move on? And and it's out of fear, because they fear the students, the staff, everybody else will be in greater danger once again uh, if and when the manifesto, like the Unabomber, is released. Okay. That's not crazy or anything. But, uh, you know, look, the school has their own reasons, I'm sure. And uh, they'd probably like to just move on and not have this keep going on and on. And that's why the, the, the crooked lefties that are sitting on the manifesto uh, with great joy, I think, uh, they're refusing to release it um, because there's something in there that they don't want to go public. What do you think that is? And then uh, it gets released and the school becomes the target of more crazy people, Come on. In fact, my friend Randy, who runs the Chris Plant store, texted me today, uh, probably the nicest neighborhood in Washington, D.C., the CVS drugstore, has now hired an armed guard to stand out front because the Democrat Party has turned the country into a rolling crime wave, and every place is looted constantly, and... Uh, you know, the Democrats have passed laws that you can steal anything up to $900 and some jurisdictions up to $950 in other jurisdictions and they won't prosecute you. And oh, yeah, I've got an update on the attack at Democrat Congressman Jerry Connolly's house or excuse me, his office uh, that happened uh, two days ago. I told you about it yesterday. I've got an update on that today, too. Hey, uh, you know, I like to tell the truth. I love the truth and I like to offer solutions. Well, if you have high blood pressure, maybe you know somebody who has high blood pressure. I want to tell you about some friends of mine, 120 Life. 120 Life. They're a Chicago-based company. They've developed a juice drink that can help lower your blood pressure naturally. 120 Life, natural drink made from pomegranates, tart cherries, cranberries, hibiscus, beetroot, magnesium. Look them up. All these things are good for your blood pressure. can help lower your blood pressure without side effects. I'm drinking it, and I love it. And I know you're going to love it, too. It helps keep me energized, and it helps me keep my blood pressure in check, too. The truth is, there are easy, natural ways to keep your blood pressure in check, and one of them is 120 Life. So check it out and tell them Chris Plant sent you when you go there. Visit 120Life.com on Al Gore's amazing Internet. That's 120LIFE.com. You can order a two-week trial pack of their delicious juice drink. There's a money-back guarantee, too. And when you use the code Chris, that's me, you're going to save 15%. The Natural Approach to Blood Pressure Management. Visit 120life.com today. Start seeing the benefits in just two weeks. These statements and products have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, prevent any disease or condition. Bam, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, I got an update on the crazy person that attacked the, uh, he uh, beat up an intern with a baseball bat at, uh, at Connolly's office. It was her first day at work as an intern in the Democrat congressman's office and the crazy man attacked him. I've got an update on that uh, for you today. And the mailbag. The mailbag coming up, too. Hey, Chris here with some exciting news. Now you can listen to me live on the WMAL app. Doesn't matter if you're in your car, in the office, on the go. The WMAL app delivers crystal clear around-the-clock news coverage anywhere with cell service or Wi-Fi. So don't miss a second of your favorite shows. Download the WMAL app today on the Apple App Store or at Google Play Store. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite Yeah, looking at some of the mailbag questions and uh, fun. Uh, James Comey, transgender? We'll get to that. Uh, Let's go to the uh, telephones in the meantime, shall we? It's right on your federal gun application forms now. You can check non-binary. On your Virginia driver's license, you can check non-binary. And when you go into a school to massacre everybody, you can... uh, that's the thing. And they won't release your manifesto. Let's go to uh, Rob. Let's go to Rob calling from Annapolis, Maryland, home of the United States Naval Academy. Hey, Rob. Hey, how you doing, Chris? I'm great. Love your show. Thanks. So, yeah, I just wanted to uh, make a quick few comments. I'm part of a union in the area and we are no longer called journeymen. We are called journey workers. And uh, they actually made some of the apprentices, they forced us to uh, go to a Hillary rally once before. And they used to always push Democratic literature on us. But it was funny because the last election cycle, they actually told us to vote for whoever we thought was best for the country. But they they compelled a Hillary rally? The union did? Oh, absolutely. They always they always pushed Democratic literature candidates on us. Well, you know why that is, Rob? It's because left-wing groups take over organizations that have a steady flow of money coming to them. And of course, unions, every union member, yourself included, required not an option to provide uh, money, probably a portion of your income, to the union. It all goes up to the union bosses. This is like On the Waterfront, you know, the uh, the great classic movie, uh, Ilya Kazan and Marlon Brando and all that stuff. Uh, and, um, you know, the unions were corrupted long ago by organized crime and, and gangsters. And then radical left-wingers took over the unions. And they've taken over lots and lots of organizations. You know, Barack Obama met the terrorist William Ayers when they were uh, using the money of... Which uh, millionaire foundation was that in Chicago? They, uh, they take over these, these foundations named for millionaires because they, you know, it's other people's money and uh, unions, and of course they funnel huge amounts of money to the Democrats uh, because they've been taken over by corrupt people. Are you into weird, spooky, and strange history? Horrifying History tells you about the side of history that people don't normally talk about. We tell the tales of haunted places, infamous true crimes, unsolved mysteries, the paranormal, and then we look to history to see where the truth actually lies. Want to get spooky with us? Horrifying History, part of the Believe Network. Just search BLEAV on YouTube or wherever you listen. Okay, we've got uh, John Fetterman news today and Dianne Feinstein news today. Um, I, uh, boy, oh boy. Uh, we've got uh, Elon Musk, oh, the Washington Post, attacking Elon Musk, calling him an anti-Semite because he uh, compared George Soros, who is apparently Jewish, I don't know if you've heard that, to a, um, uh, a supervillain, a comic book supervillain named Magneto. I don't know this Magneto. You probably know Magneto, right? Yes. And they say that Magneto is Jewish. Yep. Is that so? Yeah, Holocaust survivor. Okay, all right, all right. So they got that. So uh, you're not allowed to say anything about George Soros, especially when he's getting people killed all over the country by uh, uh, paying for, and that's the correct turn of phrase, all these left-wing prosecutors that put criminals back on the street so they can attack, you know, congressmen's offices with baseball bats and stuff. But I'll get to that. Right now, I want to get to the mailbag because I, I, Wednesday is mailbag day, and you, our beloved listeners, send questions uh, uh, in for me to answer, and uh, by way of the Twitter, right, and Facebook, and uh, are there other means? Oh, we saw, we get some in the mail, we get some in the U.S. mail too, um, with stamps on them and stuff, and uh, that's fun. Um, but that said, mailbag. Mailbag questions or queries. They could be queries. Some of them could be queries. Some of them might just be questions. Mailbag day. P.T. Gramble, P.T. Gramble, like P.T. Barnum, but P.T. Gramble sends in a question. Do you think that J. Edgar Comey, you know J. Edgar Comey, uh, James, the former FBI director, do you think that J. Edgar Comey wears women's clothes? Do you think that J. Edgar he's about six foot seven or something, right? And uh, do you think that uh, J. Edgar Comey wears women's clothes? If so, could he be Azra Turk? Could he be Azra Turk? Now everybody knows Azra, well nobody actually knows Azra Turk. She's part of a secret, clandestine operation. Actually, scratch, it's not clandestine, it's covert operation that was run by the FBI and the CIA against the Trump campaign. It has something to do with the Durham report and another area that uh, I think the Durham report didn't get into. But uh, just to uh, provide a little uh, context here, Azra Turk was a sexy, blonde woman who um, was sent in to, after George Papadopoulos, an advisor to the Trump campaign, was lured to London and to a bar where there was drinking going on, as you might imagine, a bar in London. And a woman who claimed to be named Azra Turk, but we know that to be a lie because it was part of an international covert operation run by American intelligence services against President Trump and the Republican Party, like you might see in a in a movie about a third-world country where, in the end, everyone gets shot and ends up hanging upside down under bridges and stuff, you know, in the Hollywood movie. So Azra Turk was this woman. Uh, the New York Times reported several years ago now, that according to their sources, and if you can't believe the New York Times, who can you believe? They're actually part of the, the, the seditious conspiracy, along with the Washington Post as well. But the New York Times reported that it was the FBI that sent this woman, a sexy hot woman offering her sex up to George Papadopoulos in an effort to pump him for uh, information um, about uh, Russian collusion that never existed and they knew it the whole time right? Uh, And we still don't know who Azra Turk was. And until I know the real identity of Azra Turk and who sent her and why she was there, I want to see the woman that was playing the role of Azra Turk for the U.S. intelligence services in London in a bar. I want her under oath on Capitol Hill. um, And you know, under threat of going to prison and, and then under oath. But although that never works, does it? Because like James Clapper lied under oath. They all lie under oath on Capitol Hill. And there are never any consequences because Democrats, because the left. Right? So, but I, I digress. Okay. So, uh, and there's another part to this too, because the long, long time FBI director, J. Edgar Hoover, was famous, allegedly, for being a transvestite, who liked to dress in ladies' clothing and wear red dresses, and he liked to have people call him Mary. See? Mary. I'm a Mary. And when people say I'm a Mary, might have something to do with J. Edgar Hoover, allegedly being the uh, transvestite who liked to be called Mary. He was, J. Edgar Hoover, was a gay man. He was a gay man. And he uh, had a what they used to call a long-term relationship with uh, Clyde Tolson. Clyde Tolson was his uh, his uh, man friend. Um, and in fact, if you go to the Congressional Cemetery in uh, Washington, D.C., not too far from the Capitol, but not too close to the Capitol, uh, J. Edgar Hoover is buried there, and there is a big old tombstone with the giant FBI seal on it and uh, stuff and a little fence around it. Very J. Edgar Hoover. Nothing about Mary, no red dress, at least when we were there. My best girl and I visited... Uh, uh, during the Wuhan, when the Wuhan lockdowns, we said, "Hey, let's go down and visit the Congressional Cemetery." So we did, and not far from J. Edgar Hoover's grave, his tomb, um, there is Clyde Tolson. You find find Clyde Tolson's grave very nearby. Clyde Tolson was also a uh, an FBI employee all those years, and yes, this sort of thing went on. So, um, so that's the background from the very well informed and clever and thoughtful. P.T. Gramble question, do you think that J. Edgar Comey, as I like to call James Comey, wears women's clothes? If so, could he be Azra Turk? Now, I would say uh, I wouldn't rule anything out on J. Edgar Comey wearing uh, women's clothes. You know, his family are all a bunch of Democrats, and they love Hillary Clinton, and he revealed that at uh, one point. They all went to the what they called the Women's March, um, which was the day after the inauguration of President Trump, there was a lot of violence and looting and arson on the, the inauguration day of uh, President Trump. And then the next day the mob met on the mall and that's where people like Madonna talked about blowing up the White House and uh, and they uh, there was a lot, a lot of obscenity and stuff. And J. Edgar Comey said his whole family was in on that whole thing. My wife and girls marched in the women's march the day after President Trump's inauguration at least my four daughters probably all five of my kids I like the music to be the first woman president I know my amazing spouse did the first woman president see, was was J Edgar Comey the first woman FBI director does he dress in women's clothes I always thought of it as mine like a diary I found your diary underneath the tree That's, remember, he uh, wrote up uh, nasty grams about President Trump after he lied to and deceived the president-elect and then engaged in subterfuge by involving himself of the leak of the so-called dossier, which he knew was really just Hillary Clinton's opposition research. Did you tell him that the Steele dossier had been financed by his political opponents? No. I didn't didn't even think I used the term Steele dossier. I just talked about additional material. He was engaged in a seditious conspiracy to undermine the president of the United States, the elected president, the president-elect at the time. He had been elected, and the FBI director was undermining him. And um, and P.T. Grimble wants to know whether I think J. Edgar Comey wears women's clothes. I'm going to give it um, uh, maybe not quite 50-50 chance, but maybe. Now, could he be Azra Turk? I think not. Since he's six foot seven or six foot eight or something like that. And we've had Azra Turk described as a hot little blonde number, a little firecracker that the federal government sent in to uh, undermine the Trump campaign um, as part of their seditious conspiracy that was run largely out of the so called Justice Department and the FBI. So uh, good questions, though. I like the uh, could he be Azra Turk and does Comey wear women's clothes? Can't rule out the first part. But I think we can rule out the second part. Get a receipt for your vote, uh, sends the question. What's your favorite pizza place in D.C.? You know, that is, uh, that's a tough question because I'm not sure I really have a favorite uh, pizza place in D.C. We're not famous for uh, great pizza in Washington, D.C. There are a lot of places that have pizza, and uh, I have a lot of favorite places. But none of the favorite places that I go have pizza that I would recommend, you know? There is a place on Connecticut. It's not even, it's a takeout place where you can go get a slice or you can get a pizza. On Connecticut Avenue, it's called Vace, V-A-C-E, V-A-C-E, Vace. And um, everybody's Spanish-speaking, you know, not Italian. Uh, They make pizza. And since D.C. is not a pizza town, um... As far as I'm concerned, without uh, you know having to uh, go all over the place, uh, that's that's about it for me. Vache, I get slices. Sometimes I leave here. I go get a couple of slices at Vache, um, and there's you know what Pete's New Haven Pizza is pretty good pizza too, um, and it's not a place I've, I've sat on the patio there on a nice day and had uh, and had pizza there. Pete's, I'll, and that's close to the radio station, so I've been I've I've been known to go there after uh, the radio show. And to be fair to them, the pizza is pretty good. The pizza is pretty good. It's Pete's New Haven, like uh, Connecticut uh, pizza. And it's pretty good. Now, they do some weird stuff. Like they have, right, a lot of pizza with seafood on the, on the, because that's, that, that's the New Haven thing. Like clams and squid and stuff like that on the pizza. Me, I'm kind of like an Italian sausage and, uh, you know, pretty basic pizza stuff. But again, it's not a big pizza town. So we got that. Dragon, Dragon, D R A G A N, you know, like the Eastern European. Name. Dragon Blagiovich. Dragon Blagiovich says B L A G O J E V I C. Blagiovich. So that's Blagiovich. I grew up in Chicago. That's uh, Dragon Blagiovich. I've spent a certain amount of time in Eastern Europe in the old days, in the 1990s, you know, Bosnia and Croatia and places like that. What kind of man was Richard Nixon when you met him face to face? Well, my encounter with Richard Nixon was a fairly brief encounter. Uh, I was with CNN at the time. I was dispatched with a camera crew to the Four Seasons Hotel in Georgetown, Washington, D.C. I was sent because then CIA director Robert Gates was embroiled in a controversy that was doubtless on the front page of the New York Times and the Washington Post. And so CNN dispatched me as a producer, field producer, with a uh, two-man camera crew. One of them might have been a woman, but you still call it a two-man camera crew. And, um, and we uh, went to the Four Seasons Hotel. And, uh, and I'm looking around for where the vehicles are arriving and all that stuff to try to get into the right position. And indeed, we got into the right position. And when uh, Director Gates came in, and I had met him a couple few times, always struck me as a perfectly nice guy. And um, and he was walking toward me, and with him was Richard Nixon, was Richard Milhouse Nixon, the former president of the United States. Now this is you know 1990 something, right? I'd have to look it up to see exactly when it was. And um, and Richard Nixon is walking toward him, and 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 uh, Robert Gates and I, and so I've got uh, a camera crew. They got a long fish pole microphone, they call it, on a, a telescoping aluminum pole, and then a big tall microphone. And I'm asking Secretary Gates questions about the, the news in the newspapers that day about a scandal of some kind involving him and the CIA. Such a big deal, I don't even remember what it was. And Richard Nixon, uh, and they're walking, we're walking backward in front of them. And they have security people around them, a bunch of security people around them. And Richard Nixon held up his hand, his left hand, and I was, and I was right there in front of him. And uh, President Nixon said, uh, now, now, just, now just hold on a minute. Secretary Gates will answer all of your questions or maybe he said Mr. Gates'll answer it later secretary'll answer all of your questions uh, at the end of the event all right and I said something like oh, thank you mr president and then I got back to asking Gates a couple more questions and he and Gates sort of smiled or smirked and and they kept walking slowly and we're walking backward and Gates didn't answer any of the questions and Richard Nixon uh, said that, uh, that uh, Gates would answer all my questions after the end of the event and uh, we went in and we covered the event cameras inside the event in a ballroom at the Four Seasons Hotel and as the event was coming to an end I could see that Gates was not going to take any questions so Richard Nixon lied to me personally which was which was kind of fun the only time I ever met him he told me something that turned out to be untrue and I, I, I don't think he meant to honestly but it's, it's a funny part of the story and um, And I saw that uh, Gates, I saw the Gates, the CIA security people started making a move for the side entrance uh, exit in the back of the room. So I grabbed my camera crew. I said, pull off of sticks off the tripod. And we went mobile and looped around outside of the ballroom and made our way back to the service elevator. And as we made it to the service elevator, uh, here comes Gates and his security detail. Um, rushing toward the uh, elevator, and I started, and I offered him a couple more questions, and he smiled and shook his head and just uh, kind of backed onto the elevator, and they went away down to the CIA, uh, to the CIA motorcade, a little, in just a couple of vehicles, and uh, and President Nixon was still in the, uh, still in the room, but he seemed uh, very, very nice, very nice. Doc Vienna 33 asks, will Hillary run for president in 2024 if Biden drops out? The answer to that is hell yes. In fact, you know, if Joe Biden ends up rolled up in a Persian rug in Fort Marcy Park out by the CIA, like Vince Foster, uh, then there will be a lot of questions. Yeah, but if Joe Biden decides not to run, you can definitely uh, look for Hillary to get in. Definitely. No doubt about it. People have got to know whether or not their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Okay. Now, uh, more questions from the mailbag. Aqua Eyes, Aqua Eyes asks, Do you think your new TV show on Newsmax is replacing Hannity on Fox News? Just really enjoy your show. Clever, witty, genuine, smart. Just for the record, I didn't choose the questions. I'm much too humble to choose that question, but... But uh, listen, I think Newsmax is doing great and rising. Uh, a lot of people are are uh, leaving Fox News. It's true. Newsmax is rising and building. And and I've only done the show seven nights now. Tonight will be night number eight doing the show. And I got to say, we're we're still uh, learning. We're on a learning um, thing here. There is a curve. Have you heard that learning curve thing? There's a lot of that going on. Still learning to communicate. A lot of the people involved in the show are in New York. I'm in Washington. The show is done in Washington, Uh, so we're still we're still in the getting to know you phase of the relationship. But I'm very hopeful. And look, it's done very well. We beat CNN the other night. Not setting the bar too high, but it's uh, but you know they've been around for a while, and and uh, this is a brand new show. So I'm very happy that. Um, you know Manderson and Pooper lost to uh, Chris Plant and the right squad on Newsmax, and that's great, right? So that's a good thing. Um, and uh, thank you, and uh, thank you for watching, and tell your friends, and we'll try to keep it, you know, a smart, witty, serious yet lighthearted show, you know, on the on the issues of the day, but but uh, keep it fun, like this show. Hopefully, <clears throat> that's the big goal. Now Sean Kennedy, Sean Kennedy. No relation. Just kidding. Sean Kennedy says millions of Kennedys. Since you've been to Antarctica, is there any more exotic place you haven't visited that you would like to visit? And you know the the truth is there. Uh, it's true. I've been to seven continents now, and there are only seven continents. I um, I've not. Been, I've been to Australia, but I haven't been to New Zealand. I'd like to go to New Zealand. And and let me say this. I would. Um, I would like to. I've uh, been to Israel. I like Israel, and I've been kind of over lots of the Middle East, and and uh, Central Asia is kind of a big hellhole. So who cares about that? All the stands and stuff like that. I would. I've been to Vietnam, uh, North Vietnam and South Vietnam, as I, I like to call it. I this this might sound a little funny. I'd like to go to Cambodia. I would like to go to Cambodia, and I'd like to visit uh, Angkor Wat, the uh, the complex of temples. In the jungle, ancient temples in uh, Cambodia, and uh, you know when the when the Khmer Rouge, the uh, the red, the commies, when they were there murdering millions of people, then it was no good. Although my stepfather was there, uh, he spent he did a number of tours as a news guy in uh, Vietnam as a reporter for CBS News, and he went into Cambodia in those days and and was with the tribesmen in the mountains and things. Uh, and he made it to Angkor Wat. I would, like to, uh, I would like to go to Cambodia. I'd like to go to Angkor Wat. I'd like to go to New Zealand. Not very exotic, but a place that, uh, that I'd like to go. Um, I'm running out of places to go, though. Every story eventually comes to an end. This June... Hear the final episode of Season 2 of the hit podcast series, In the Red Clay, Durham. In the Red Clay tells the unbelievable true story of Billy Sunday Burt, the most dangerous man in Georgia history. In the podcast that people are calling riveting, incredibly moving, captivating, and addicting. Binge Seasons 1 and 2 of In the Red Clay now, wherever you listen.